Hi, I'm Afton. And I'm Anna. And this is Grit, a podcast on the Tennessee Holler Podcast Network. Join us in reclaiming what it means to be girls raised in the South. Mm-hmm. So let's get gritty. <laughs> We're back. I'm so happy to see you. Yeah, I'm shocked at our consistency. I mean, the Tennessee Holler, thank you. One day you will get a Griddle Award for accountability partner, and we just really, really appreciate you. And it means that Anna and I have been able to see each other. I know. I've missed Every two you. weeks. I've, <laughs> I've missed you so much, um, even though we've, we've said we were going to have a co-working space together. <laughs> Hasn't happened. She, I texted her. So t- the Tuesday before we record, I tend to text her and check in. And then today she said, oh, uh, by, the way, by the way, I bought some gluten-free crackers and some cheese. And I thought... Okay, am I on a date? I'm really excited <laughs> about this. Uh, so thank you. It was very nice. You're such yeah. a wonderful hostess. I have to appreciate any social contact I can have right now. Because you're working from home still. I am, and Alex is back in the office, and we um, just officially rescheduled our wedding again. <laughs> it's like a Twilight the saga continues. But apparently, it's not just us. I was looking at. Um, like the change the date cards that you send out in the mail to let people know your new date. And there were a few that said, third time's the charm. <laughs> <laughs> to be fair, Chris, I saw your uh, your second save the date in the trash, and I had a little moment. I even lit a candle and said some uh, a brief eulogy. So Yeah, it's really sad. So just knowing we don't um, – the wedding has kind of been this symbol throughout quarantine of like – It'll be over by then. And of ah, course, so it's been it, a barometer yeah. for how normal things should are. Right. So when we when we went home in March, we were thinking, oh, yeah, of course, by June, we're going to have the best honeymoon. We may not get the showers, but everything's going to be good by June. Well, in April, when we scheduled June to September, we're like, oh, yeah, September, back to school. <laughs> it's all going to be good. Now we're looking at late May 2021. <laughs> you know, that's a hot time. That's a hot time. Yeah. Yeah, it'll Late be beautiful. Memorial Day. And we'll get to have the wedding that we want. So I guess that's, you know, everyone has to make their own decision. But that's basically what I've been going through. So what if we're in the pandemic for three years? 2023. At some point, we hope that we... <laughs> I'm sorry, this is, is this trauma and uh, A little bit. I'm so sorry. I think at this point, I think we'll do three times. And barring any big complications for our family members, we'll probably just do something small. Um, but I think we'll just give it till May. <laughs> we'll be married next year. I'll just say that. Think, fingers crossed. Yeah. Uh, so what else has been going on? Nothing really. Just just nesting. <laughs> what about you? Well, primary finished. Key didn't win. That's okay. She, she had a really strong strong showing. Strong showing, yeah. strong showing for for a first time candidate who running a congressional can- campaign during a pandemic is pretty difficult, mm-hmm. as one finds out. I had an incredible yoga class today. I just, it's like, ah, soaking in all the goodness. And um, so if I'm very loosey, if I'm very loose today, <laughs> eh, uh, it's because I'm just reached that namaste. I don't know. I like y- yoga plus yoga. Yogi people are so annoying. Like, yeah, anyways, yeah, it, was, it felt really, really felt very good. Um, I, uh, for my job, I trained uh, a bunch of people over 60 today on text internet text banking Mm -hmm. um, which for any normal person is difficult to navigate three to four different platforms but I was pretty I was I'm incredibly proud and um, especially during an important election year like this 
organizations like mine and uh, other really trusted brands are doing a lot of the voter contact because the the campaigns like Biden and some of the Senate campaigns can't they're not able to scale up in the way they could be for any type of really, really um, critical election. So, anyways, oh God, Anna, just stop me when I stop start talking about. <laughs> oh, well, I'm curious. Start talking about elections. What was your voting experience like? Oh, I voted by mail. Oh, oh yeah, you voted by uh, mail. Yeah, yeah, okay. I did vote by mail. I did in person. Um, early? No, not early. Oh, okay. Oh. Um, did you see me with my, my with my my amp? No, I literally park? was there like 15 minutes before they closed. Just in the nick of time, but there wasn't anyone else in there. It was totally safe. We used like coffee stirs to press. Um, masks, like hand sanitizer everywhere, and they Amazing. let me take like a ton of the um, special women's suffrage voting stickers because <laughs> they I, were about to close. Wait, I didn't get any of those. <laughs> really? I can give you one. Oh, wait, I voted, I voted absentee. Oh, yeah, yeah, Well, like they had a whole table oh of them, gosh. and she goes, Get more because this is the last time, like, this is the only year they're gonna have these. So, um, so you got yeah, it was the very they gave you the all day. of the stickers, yeah, because they what were they gonna do with them? I feel betrayed. In this <laughs> it, essay, I will tell you how betrayal. Thank you. I'll give you one. But yeah, I um, was waiting for Alex to get off work and we just decided to go over there together. But no one was in there, which made me kind of like every other time I voted. Um, well, the last time I voted in this neighborhood, I guess it was the day after the tornado. Cleveland Park. Tornado. For, the, for Nashville people listening, District 5 mm-hmm. always shows up and always shows up correctly. We have voted... Yeah for the most progressive candidate in every election and I'm not going to shout out names but you know who you are I love you I appreciate you you're my favorite neighbors yeah other than other than Anna (laughs) it's a good neighborhood but I but I feel like um there's like mis misconceptions about what voting is like right now and I know they are trying to make it really difficult but I'm like I really like our our system and our poll workers that's good to hear that's really good to hear good good experience in the neighborhood yeah it's been it's the next few months are, you know, and I, I Hannah and I are, are in politics uh, and this is our lives. But as you are able, please do as much as you can the next few months. But as you are able and I want to mm-hmm. make sure that all of you are are doing your self-care routines, you're you're keeping your spirits up because this is a time, especially if you're a mother and you have small kids at home. Um, shout out to all the moms out there. I can't, I can't even imagine. Mm-hmm. I can't even imagine. I get frustrated when my pug. It is has his little paw on me and is snoring. <laughs> I can't even imagine little nuggets running around. Yeah, yeah, a lot to balance and a lot of decisions to make in families. Yeah, right now. Hard, hard transition. <laughs> but do you want to introduce the topic today? <laughs> we're like we're everyone like, on the like, uh, mm, griddle so somber. Because what can you say? You can't say I hope daycare's open. Well, no, not. I don't yeah. want to endanger low-income daycare workers without health insurance. Ooh, <laughs> and Anna, so, say it like, for the people in the back. Say it for the people in the back. But at the same time, it is like such a barrier for women, um, and so I just don't have a good answer, and so I just and can I, be sad about it. And I really struggle with this, and I and I want to for all my friends that are listening that have children. I know that, op- like, I find myself thinking, well this is your problem because you decided to have kids and it's that's such a terrible (laughs) response and so I really have to unwalk that and I think it's because obviously like I'm projecting my lived experience and lifestyle onto what I think other people should be doing you know not having kids traveling and doing all these things but in reality the system should be set up so that people can have children and Mm -hmm. it's easy and that we're supporting 
families and mothers. So, anyways, I just we'll all do better. Yeah, I'm I'm working on that. Yeah. Um. Okay. So this this episode, where to begin? Where to begin? Two weeks ago, Anna and I disc. How did QAnon come up in the last episode? I don't even remember. I don't know if we were we talking about Wayfair. <laughs> Wait, what? That's like it, the Wayfair conspiracy with the. Oh no, that wasn't you. No, that was okay. <laughs> no, that was not me. That was not me. Um, okay, so it, it came up in our episode. Seems two weeks to be ago. coming up in a lot. Yeah, of, in yeah. a lot of areas. Of yeah, life. and so during the week of the primary, my friend and I texted for Keita Haynes for Congress, and she proceeded to tell me about her her roommate. Who had recently posted about QAnon, but it's it, once again it's very underground, so you don't really know. But the description that my friend was using, it was very clear to me just what it was. So I sat there and I told her about this conspiracy theory, this web, the dark web, uh, the things that they believe, and the practical applications. And there have even been incidents where people who believe this conspiracy theory show up and actually do harm to people. And as I was telling her, she started crying. And it became so clear to me that the intersection between conspiratorial thinking and and the rumor mill um, and my friends and their lived experiences, it's all happening right now in front of us. And I think, especially in families and especially as we head into the holiday season, Labor Day and Thanksgiving, that I personally have family members that believe in this. So I really hope this episode, uh, once we invite our guest in, gives you an in-depth look at uh, this problem in our current political context, as well as our societal context with our family members believing us. But I'm curious, you you said you had ha- you had very general acquaintances this week where this happened. So it seems like every time I open my Facebook, and it may just be because I'm looking for it now, um, I've started to try to pull out the threads of like, what are these messages that I keep seeing? And it, and it's from oh. people that I that I don't necessarily hear from a lot or see post a lot, but they're just getting to this point where they feel like, um, I think because of the structure of the conspiracy theory, if they don't say something or if they don't speak out, that this is just something is taking over the world, basically. Some wow. kind of um, and you're seeing this on your cabal Facebook? or something, yes. And it and it's a lot of these same phrases, and it can be mocked, but um, I I just think it's interesting to pull out, you know, the phrases like, "Open your eyes" or like, um, calling people sheep or like, "Don't be sheep" or, um, uh, uh, "I may be stupid, but or call me stupid, but um, I see, you know, I see this conspiracy for what it is. I see that there is this." Deep state. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> That there's this deep state and there's this larger picture and conspiracy beneath everything and what's happening. And if you don't see it for what it is, then then you're getting the wool pulled over your eyes. And so it's um, they don't want you to know this. This isn't in the news as they share a link to like a regular news article. Right. <laughs> so right. there are things that that people are talking about. And, and then it's really uh, escalated in the area of like uh, Joe Biden being a pedophile. That's a big Oh my God! Are it. you serious? Yeah, I see <gasps> the word Biden and pedophile in, and I and I have like a few thousand Facebook friends. I have a good amount of Facebook friends, acquaintances, everyone. Oh my God! From you know elementary school acquaintances, family friends, parents of my friends, that kind of thing, and um, 
I've just noticed the ubiquity and the but there's so many through lines that are like very similar between people from different states, different communities, right, different right. socioeconomic background. But it all has to do with this like this the same conspiracy. And it may not all be exactly Q, but it but it speaks to this larger. But there trend. is but there is I mean, it wasn't even a conspiracy. I mean a lot of the pedophilia stems from the Jeffrey Epstein debacle and World Wide Web of elites. And so there is some mm-hmm. there is some veracity to that, but it's not to the extent where they think, you know, some of them believe that what Ellen DeGeneres does harvesting ch- child organs. Oh, yeah. And that quarantine started because a lot of celebrities were on house arrest for, like, selling children. And so they're all are, like, on house arrest. And then the whole world had to shut down because so that these celebrities weren't outed. I mean, nothing is oh coherent. It's not a coherent ideology. Can you by see me sweating way. over here? My like, upper lip is. We used to be worried about, like, the Tea Party. And that was a coherent ideology at the very <laughs> least. <laughs> and now you're like, this doesn't even make sense. Like, I don't even understand how you're susceptible to yeah. this. But that's what I really want to talk about with our guest, um, Chris Coleman. He is a... Uh, I keep joking that he must be an ex-conspiracy theorist, and that's his that's his um, be, place of expertise. Like on A and E, like ancient aliens, it like pops <laughs> up, like ex-conspiracy theorist. <laughs> yeah. Um, but he does know a lot about it, so he's going to speak to the facts of it. But I really want to start a conversation about why just totally nice, normal, hardworking yep. people in so many different areas of life like are believing parts of this um and is that going to have an impact on the election what is it going to what does it mean for electoral politics going yep. forward so yeah i'm really excited oh, for this, oh, this is great okay all right i've got goosebumps i'm really excited all right we're gonna bring them in so unlike our past interviews on the phone we actually have someone in the closet with us this is our first closet threesome, so. <laughs> we had your mom in my old in my old house. We did. First in this house. We did. She sat on the floor with us. Oh, yeah, she did. Wow. Times, times, times have really changed. Well, Chris Coleman, we're happy you're here. Uh, this is my boyfriend, a QAnon extraordinaire expert. Uh, we enjoy a glass of wine at night talking about conspiracy theories and why people believe them so that's why he's here welcome thank you for having me Mm -hmm. would you like to give us some background on on how this rabbit hole started and Uh, a lot of it goes back to the uh podesta emails and the wikileaks release where pizzagate started and to really understand QAnon, you first have to understand pizzagate um, which is predecessor pizzagate all right so like watergate but pizzagate Pizzagate, yes. Um, so uh, there were, WikiLeaks rede- released some hacked emails from the DNC, most notably from John Podesta, who clicked on a, a link, a phishing link, and they were able mm-hmm. to hack his entire all, the entire DNC emails. Um, and there was interesting stuff that came from these emails, um, stuff like that Donna Brazil has leaked debate questions to Hillary Clinton before the so Clinton-Bernie debates. A lot of political emails. Like but the ether. what happened here was there were also lots of mundane office emails about things like ordering pizza. And there emerged an online conspiracy that said, actually, all of this stuff about pizza and uh, walnut sauce, these, this is all secret code <laughs> for a... Uh, satanic pedophile ring that is running out of a uh, pizza joint in D.C. called Comet Ping Pong. 
They believed that the DNC, Hillary Clinton in particular, and John Podesta were running a child pedophile ring out of a pizza restaurant. Okay, in so DC. they the release of these emails somewhere on the dark web, people decided and conspired and thought that there was a pedophile ring yeah. out of this pizza place. Okay. But was this just chatter? Like, who were they? Pizzagate, the origins of Pizzagate are a little more obscure. Um, But like everything, this is almost a purely internet phenomenon. This has arisen from, uh, when we get more to QAnon, arisen deep from the bowels of the internet. Pizzagate was just this uh, meme phenomenon where these ideas started getting spread. And it led to an actual North Carolina man going to Comet Ping Pong because... You know, in some ways, he's the most honorable of all the Pizzagate believers because if you actually believe that they're, you know, sacrificing children under a pizza restaurant, why not go there and try to stop them from doing it? Turns out Comet Ping Pong doesn't even have a basement. Mm-hmm. He realized this, but he's facing criminal charges. But this same sort of conspiracy morphed uh, through some of the bowels of the web. Um, so everybody has Facebook. And how did you – so is this where you tell me that you are – a major player on the dark web. How did you find it? I think I first became aware of QAnon, um, you know, on Twitter, like everything I know. Mm-hmm. <laughs> right? Okay, so on Twitter. I first learned about or first started hearing about QAnon from Twitter, and it, see, and that's interesting. And now it's been so it's so pervasive. Anna's seeing it in her Facebook feed. Mm-hmm. Right. I think it's more that's often terrifying. spread on Facebook, and it, it it had started. So QAnon really can I back up and just give you an overview of what QAnon is. Yeah, that would be great. Yeah. Okay. So first of all, the background of a conspiracy is, so there's a global cabal of uh, satanic pedophiles who are running a a child sex trafficking ring um, to sacrifice children to Moloch and also take the adrenochrome from these children, which is the substance that QAnon people believe that you take from the, the adrenal glands of children, but you have to get them in a very excited state before you sacrifice the children. And this gives you great, uh, you both gets you high and gives you great longevity and power. And they believe... <laughs> I wish you could so, see Anna in my <laughs> right now. Yes. Uh, I mean, look for hashtag adrenochrome. They believe that they're actually Hashtag. harvesting adrenochrome from the <laughs> adrenal glands of children um, in order to maintain their power, their youth. Um, and they believe that the cabal behind this are the Clintons, the Obamas, uh, Ellen DeGeneres, Tom Hanks. But ultimately, when you dig further... And apparently Biden now. Yeah. I mean, but when you dig further, like every conspiracy theory, it you always end up with the Jews. So... Ah, it's yes. George Soros and the Rothschilds who are behind it all because they're the ultimate controlling tentacles of the global cabal. So anti-Semitic. Okay, so that's... And, and so QAnon started from these emails. It then festered on the dark web. Well, and let me tell you about who Q is. So what is QAnon? What makes it QAnon? So there was... Imagine Facebook, and this is where everybody you know, spreads... Everybody passes along these conspiracy theories... Sort of below that is Reddit. And Reddit is a little more untamed, a little my darker. Brother, my brother was radicalized onto Reddit. Yeah. So I will always look at it in a funny light. If you go even deeper, oh, there is a, an image board called 4chan. Or there used to be an image board called 4chan. 4chan is the origin of many, many memes. It's also the origin of Rickrolling, by the way. 
Uh, Explain uh, what Rick Rowling is to my mom who's listening right now. Uh, Rick Rowling is somebody sends you a link and says, hey, have you heard the latest thing about Joe Biden? And you click on it, and it is Rick Astley's Never Gonna Give You Up video. It was a very common, including in a Thanksgiving Day parade, Macy's Thanksgiving Day parade, where they announced it was going to be something else, and it turned mm-hmm. to be Rick Astley doing Never Gonna so Give You Up. So they rickrolled. They rickrolled the entire the country. The Macy's <laughs> Day parade. <laughs> Truly, the organizing effort that I aspire to. Okay. Yeah. So in 2017, on 4chan, um, first someone not Q posted something that said Hillary Clinton was going to be indicted imminently. A response to that was the very first what's called Q drop. Q, we'll we'll get to who Q is, but we know it's either a single person or a group of people. Um, Posted something that said Hillary, that confirmed Hillary was going to be indicted and that she, her passport was being flagged. She would not be able to travel. Um, And it was signed Q. This went viral, um, and now Q, this person, and the only thing that we know is that because of the, the nature of 4chan and now 8chan, 4chan was shook, faced server problems, its founder split off, there was a huge fight. 8chan, which is even deeper in the internet. How do you um, get there? Just curious, as someone who has never visited 8chan. I'm not going to tell anybody okay. how to get to the dark web. <laughs> I know, that was but so... Like, well, I, I'm curious. I've got. I mean, I've heard of it, but I've never known. Like, I like. I have the Reddit app, so I know what Reddit is. But like, how would you get to HTML? Yeah. I'm well, not trying to. Okay, let's not let's not publicize this. That. But. but so what happens now is Q. This person, and all we know is that the same person is posting under the same code. So we know it at least uh, the same person at least shares the same password with other people. Um, they do what are called Q drops, which are these very cryptic. Um, Follow the clues. Chase the white rabbit. Um, it's where lots of uh, predictions. It's very like Nostradamus, like mm. very cryptic clues that suggest things are going to happen. Often very specific. Often not. But like it's only what the peop- the members of the dark web are prescribing to well, what they're seeing. Not so much. So you get these Q drops, and then there there are websites like Q Research, um, and they're so they call the Q drops breadcrumbs. These are breadcrumbs that we're supposed to follow. Like um, mice? There are, then there are people who spend much of their day, many of them, uh, you know, I'm sure, spending much of their nights deep trying to decipher these clues. These people are called the bakers. And when they produce the, the, the answer to these puzzles that Q has posted, it's called bread. At first, I always think it's very funny uh, that that's really not how you make bread. Mm-hmm. You don't start with breadcrumbs to make bread. Um, so there's <laughs> the bread is the final theory. There's a culture around this symbolism on the dark web, and now, but how do how is that I wouldn't even say it's the dark web. They're not using Tor browsers or anything. Okay. This is just deep in the corners of. Okay, the, so the now, how, why has it permeated our our lived realities right now in Nashville, Tennessee, or even like Trump rallies or? You know, where you see some of the symbolism, or even candidates, as y'all were talking about, which I didn't know that some candidates have been, have have seen the influences. Like, what was the process of, of it getting from the bowels of the internet to well, the public? The, the sort of mode of transmission and how it got into mainstream politics, I'll have to leave to other experts, but the, the Anakian worldview, there are white hats and black hats in the QAnon universe. The, the black hats are, of course, the 
globalist conspiracy, the Rothschilds, Soros, the Clintons, the Obamas, and then lots of Hollywood people, uh, Tom Hanks, Ellen DeGeneres. Um, so those are all well. the bad people. But the, but the other, the, the most powerful black hats, the bad people, are often they talk about the three-letter agencies. They're the FBI, the CIA, NSA, and all of these together make up what's called the deep state. These people who whose power spans beyond a single president's administration. They're mm-hmm. the, the entrenched old state power. Um, and that they are the people either participating or protecting this cabal of elites who are running the satanic pedophile ring. Trump is going to save us from this global conspiracy. And in fact, and this is the center of Q, this is what you have to realize, Q says that there are either sealed indictments for thousands of people, including Hillary Clinton, or in fact that these people have already been arrested and are wearing ankle bracelets and are under some sort of house arrest. But one day there is going to be something called the storm. When all of these sealed indictments or secret arrests or some uh, something like that, that Trump is finally going to win over the deep state. He's going to make the move. There is a final act to this story. So it is an apocalyptic story in a lot of ways. When the storm comes, Hillary Clinton, Barack Obama, George Soros, all of them will be in jail if they're not already in jail. What will happen at that time is what QAnon believers call the Great Awakening which is through these arrests and the evidence that will come to light from the storm and all of these arrests, everyone will realize, in fact, Trump was right all along. There was a deep state cabal uh, of global child satanic pedophiles running everything. And when everybody realizes that, so you see it's both an apocalyptic and a utopian vision, in that mm-hmm. once everybody realizes that and the Great Awakening happens, then we'll all, everybody will realize that, oh, me passing along the crazy QAnon conspiracy, I was right all along. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they, they will all be justified in the end. Speechless. Well, <laughs> if you thought things can get any worse, folks, it really <laughs> takes a dive. So, okay, so my question is, so you have this conspiracy theory, it's very public, and people feel some type of superiority complex because they know the conspiracy, and they're in the know. As Anna indicated in the, in the, in the introduction, that on, on Facebook, at least, like, people are, what, what were the descriptions people were using for their posts? Well, basically, like, they know something that you don't know, they have this information, you're a sheep, you're listening to the mainstream media, you're doing this, they don't want you to know this. You're just having the wool pulled over your eyes is basically what, and, and that gives a certain um, sense of purpose or meaning to someone or, or that they're in the know, that they that they know something that you don't know um, or they have the secret. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, one, one thing and one of the things I might want to pass on to this is just when you said the mainstream media, one of the terms to start seeing how this is embedded in discourse on things like Facebook is if somebody says, talks about the Mockingbird media. Mm. Mockingbird media is a QAnon term. They, mm-hmm. People might say the fake news or the you know, mainstream media or something like that, but if they say Mockingbird media, that's a direct sort of emerges from the QAnon community. So that's where, mm-hmm. if you, if somebody uses that term... What are some other terms that <coughs> that our listeners could identify QAnon by? Um, well, the, the most important one is a hashtag called Where We Go One, We Go All. And in fact, the it, it has become a very uh, 
so or the the initials ww1 ww3 wg it's like an 18 letter hashtag that makes no sense so if you see that on twitter or facebook that's cute enough yeah but so one of the things that uh, in the past few months has started emerging on the internet is are people taking an oath a QAnon oath and what it is is the oath for federal office. So basically, I pledge to uphold the Constitution. I take this without any uh, intent to evade or anything like this, except they finish the normal oath with where we go one, where we go all. The most high-profile person to take the oath online and release it in video is General Michael Flynn. Oh, my God. Also, a whole another rabbit hole of QAnon conspiracy around <laughs> Michael Flynn and why he was just, you know, charges against him were just dropped. Mm-hmm. So, I, it's just, it's terrifying at this moment in time, because we are facing one of the most critical elections of our lifetime, and tons of misinformation everywhere, not enough money to combat it, and I just wonder, I mean, has COVID exacerbated why, the situation, and why people are buying into this more? I mean, I just wonder why, it just seems like, because you met a few people who believed in it, and now it's becoming more common, rather than... Mm-hmm just something Chris and I joked about, something on the dark web at night, and now it's mm-hmm. like, oh, Anna met four people that really believe Ellen DeGeneres is harvesting child organs. Well, I mean, I think one of the places where QAnon people are making a real move toward mainstreaming is just a few weeks ago was the UN Day, uh, the official international day against human trafficking. Mm-hmm. Um, and one of the hashtags was Save the Children mm-hmm. um, about child sex trafficking. Wait a minute. Are you serious? Yeah. That's so, why everyone was talking about it all of a sudden. Yeah. Q, so oh. basically the QAnon community, you know, in, in what, you know, save the, who doesn't want to save the children? You don't, everybody wants to save the children. So the, this idea that this is against child trafficking, which, of course, everybody's against child sex trafficking. Um, they kind of hijacked this hashtag in order to sort of pull people. There was a big rally in Los Angeles. Um, where some of the media of it, they were interviewing people. Some people were just like, I just want to save the children. But it was very clearly like Q-focused. So it was weird. it was about the pedophile, the global pedophile conspiracy. There were Q shirts everywhere, white rabbit shirts. Oh, my God. So how, well, okay, let's talk about now that you said they're entering public discourse. So talk about them running for Congress. They started making their way into, uh, you know, running for Congress. Um or for state state house seats and things like that. Um, till now there are, I think, journalists have identified nearly 100 or so candidates who at least are Q-adjacent, you know, if, not, if not full-throated supporters, and including two big ones. One is uh, Joe Ray Perkins, who won the uh, Republican Senate primary in Oregon, who is truly one of the... You know, full-throated pro-Q people. Oh, my God. U.S. Senate? Yeah. Um, oh and then there is God. a... She will obviously not win an Oregon Senate seat. Uh, but there is, in what will probably be the first real QAnon supporter in Congress, um, is uh, Marjorie Taylor Greene in Georgia, who won a House seat in, a, in probably the most Republican district in the country because she won the Republican primary there. Um, she... Early on was a full-throated Q, you know, was posting very specific Q things. I think has backed away from it a little bit in favor of what I think Trump's script that he's giving to House candidates who are just uh, anti-Antifa, you know, the BLM is ruining America. She's sort of 
his commercial shooting and a sign that says Anthony Barr on it. Um, so I think she's sort of shifted, though those, these are very adjacent spaces in the political sphere. And now there's, and one of our Tennessee Republicans been a candidate. David Schuster. Uh, My boy. He was running. Schumann. Uh, he was running against Haggerty for Senate, uh, Haggerty and Sethi for Senate. He never had a, a chance. Uh, but um, one of the places I've learned most about Q and that I have gone down a rabbit hole is another podcast called QAnon Anonymous. Um, but they pointed out David it's Schuster to me and his Balladopedia page, which I have to. I, I've shared this with Afton before, but I have to tell Anna about it. Um, so this is his Balladopedia. This was his answer to the Balladopedia survey. <laughs> So he says he was born in 1958. Uh, he's 61 years young. Uh, he's, <laughs> he served for 11 years as a naval aviation storekeeper. I'm a disabled vet. Uh, it took me from 1995 to 2003 to get my disability from the VA. No back pay. I was a small business owner. Uh, after closing the business, we moved here to Maryville, Tennessee. I'm an outgoing, kind, friendly, and loyal person. I'm a reasonable, independent thinker with a lot of common sense. I look at all aspects before I decide the best path. I've been told many times by people when I applied for jobs that I come across as having above average intelligence. <laughs> like most, I've gone through life's ups and downs and my views of life and the government. I had, I had a helicopter crush me to the flight deck when hooking nets <laughs> during, uh, in the Navy in 1996. I was struck by lightning in 1996. <laughs> I'm here to do something good and have been very interested in politics for a long time. Oh my David Schuster, God. thank you. Uh, so crushed to the deck of the helicopter and also struck by lightning 10 years later. So um, he also. That's this, a good resume. Yeah, he also, and I recommend you don't look this up, uh, but he has a uh, YouTube page um, where he says uh, the title of the, of the video is something like. Why is everybody so afraid of the N-word? And yes, he uh, talks about it and then shows that he is not afraid. <laughs> what? Oh my God, I need another drink. Okay, so they're running for Congress. Perhaps they will form a caucus, the anti-squad, if you will. Personally, I would love to see AOC, Rashida Tlaib, go after these people. Okay, so... For our listeners who are dealing with this in their daily lives, it's clearly affecting relationships. Like my friend who asked her roommate to move out because her roommate didn't believe that COVID was real. And it was reckless endangerment of, of my friend. I mean, it was, she was going out to big concerts. She, she wasn't taking precautions. So I just wonder, not, not doing a deep dive into the psychology of cults and how to walk out of them and staging interventions, but how, what are some practical, like what are some practical tips that our listeners can use? Or if, Maybe not practical tips, but like what what's to be done about this? Well, yeah, this is exactly. Thank you. Yeah, I'm a solutional, solution-oriented person. Yeah, you know, I don't necessarily have answers. I I do think the part that's interesting to me about this, the interpersonal stuff, is the stuff that's frustrating and hard to think about. I do like the stuff I like is like pontificating about like what does this mean and how does this happen as a phenomenon and how is this like psychologically but also historically and politically and right, right. and just like and um you know some trends that we have in in 
our culture of like anti-intellectualism mm. and and things like that I like to think about those things but that's really hard when you're like no I know and love this person and like I think it's bizarre that they exactly. believe in these exactly. things um which is kind of what I was saying with like you know it's not anyone super close to me but a fair amount of acquaintances are starting to spread this kind of stuff and it's and along the lines of like the save the children thing a lot of people really are anti child trafficking and well, they and Republicans may have had, use that yeah. as like they'll never be in favor of expanding Medicaid but they will certainly you know they will surely get on on the platform to talk about human trafficking yeah and there's and there's but they're not talking about you know 14 year old Guatemalans working in the fields they're yeah. talking about they're talking about People like the phantom white girl getting kidnapped in the Target parking lot. It's yeah, it's not well, really except, a trafficking. And this is this is one of the things about QAnon and mo- most conspiracy theories is that there's often a grain of truth. There's often something true, and the fact that QAnon has emerged in the age of Jeffrey Epstein, mm. when we know that in fact there was a child sex trafficker at the highest levels of government, um, that that was a that's true. Mm-hmm. We know that's true. Um, their view that this that there is this black hat white hat war going on that Trump is and the secret indictments and it um, they take one step too far from just realizing oh yeah the elites are perverts you know and they protect each other including down to the most deviant acts that you can think of. But yeah. one one thing that I my one piece of advice about that you should always think about people who believe conspiracy theories is giving them proof that they're wrong never works. Well, that's what I was going to say. So the, the theories of Ellen DeGeneres and the Clintons and Obama, people in Nashville, Tennessee, in East Nashville who believe this, there's no proximity to those people, right? So the, when the reality hit, when that gentleman showed up at Pizzagate at the pizza parlor and realized there wasn't a basement, and that's how he came to terms with reality – how does that happen in real life? Like, how do people come to ter- who believe this come to terms with reality and realize it's not true? Well, I mean, the traditional what is truth. Yeah, <laughs> that's the ultimate that's problem. That's my problem, Chris. Thank you. But I mean, it, they sort of do a reverse Occam's razor. So Occam's razor is the idea that every theory is you don't want to needlessly add complexity. If there's a simpler justification, it's more likely right than the more complicated justification. They do the reverse of that, which everything that proves their theory wrong just becomes another piece of evidence that they're right. And the Mm -hmm. conspiracy just becomes that much more complicated in order to accommodate this piece of evidence that's allegedly Mm -hmm. being given against them. So it's almost sort of like the blob. It just eats everything that's given to it. You know, proof of its falsity. I know, but where I'm like, and I, I, it's funny because accountability has been a theme for the last three episodes, but like, where's the accountability? How did these people come to terms with? The very first Q drop said that Hillary Clinton was going, had been indicted and her passport had been flagged. She traveled to India weeks later. The very first Q drop was false. We know for a mm. fact the very first Q drop was false. There's thousands mm-hmm. since then. But just like any doomsday cult, when their day of apocalypse comes and goes... Like my mom as a Jehovah's Witness. Every time the, the end of the world is coming and then they gather everyone in the church and they're like, well, we got it wrong, folks. Yeah. Oh, we forgot to carry the one. <laughs> so there's no end in sight. I mean, it just doesn't... Now they're running for Congress. They're winning elections. They're forming political packs. I mean, this is... Is this part of a retraction? So I think I read this book a few years ago that said 
um, why conservatives win elections and liberals win the culture war mm. or something like yeah. that. Yeah, that was one of Some, our Something seasons. like yeah, that, yeah. yeah. There are periods after after we have pro- we see progress where there turns into things like the Know Nothing Party, yeah. where there are people that are um, purposely going against... Obama and the Tea Party. At least the Tea Party is like some sort of an ideology <laughs> that even if you don't agree with it or you think its basis is wrong, then it's still an ideology. I don't know. So like this seems beyond that. Um, it seems much more cultural than actually political. Mm. Is that... Do you agree or no? I mean, but it's all based in political... Like going the symbols on. are political. Yeah, the symbols yeah. are political, but what do you think? Do you think it's? Do you think, do you think it's like anti elite conspiracy theorists? Well, I, I mean, yeah, thing? no, I, I mean, I think there is, there is always. <laughs> you heard it first, ladies and gentlemen. I mean, I, I think I might not, you know, necessarily think the, the that these are regular waves and retractions. I do think there are deep roots to both conspiratorial thinking, you know, you go back to the John Birch Society, anti-Freemason movements, things like the Know Nothings. Um, this is not new in American culture, that there would be fringe uh, beliefs and conspiracy theories. The, the rise to prominence under Trump of this new movement, it, at, initially I thought it was just another fringe movement like the John Birch Society or something like that, but the prevalence and perhaps just the brokenness of American society right now under COVID and the economic collapse um, makes it seem more resilient, I think, than some mm-hmm. of the other just very fringe, uh, you know, these are wacky things that nobody really is going to believe except a handful of wingnuts. Mm-hmm. And the power of the internet, probably. Yeah, I think well. I do think yeah. he was very much an internet phenomenon. Yeah. <laughs> because it mm-hmm. is something that you... Th- it doesn't take much investment. They, they call themselves um, sort of the, the what's the name, um, like the Internet Warriors is a word mm-hmm. for it, um, that they're somehow actually participating in this great war against the satanic cabal by sitting and deciphering Q drops and sending them on Facebook to their friends. I mean, they're participating in this like, army. People call stamps as a hobby. Why do you have to believe <laughs> in conspiracy? Like, why does this monopolize your time? I mean, I just, oh. Yeah. And now it's just, it's become so mainstream. And I'm just, I'm very concerned, especially with my groups across the state who are on the front lines of combating misinformation. And they're, you know, and they're asking me, how do I engage with these conspiracy theorists online who are winning the war in these Facebook comments on my rural Facebook, my rural newspaper Facebook page? And it's like, I don't know. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, I think the mo- one thing that's really telling is, you know, Republicans have not embraced QAnon, but very, very few of them have actively distanced themselves from it. Most of mm-hmm. them, you know, Trump has even winked at them quite a bit. Mm-hmm. Um, but many other Republicans, they know that this is a built-in constituency that they can't afford to alienate. Uh. Um, so they're, you know, while they might think it's bullshit themselves, they also... Uh, they're they're we'll, weaponizing we'll, it and using it for yeah. Their, we'll dip their, their toe in the water yeah. here. There they'll wink to they them. They know it's votes. They know it's votes, and you know, it doesn't matter if it's true or not. Mm. It, it is a political force because it is a powerful voting block in for pro-Trump people. So they can't afford to ignore them, can't afford to alienate them, and can't afford to distance themselves from this insane conspiracy theory. What's going to be a true test is if it starts to penetrate like policy making and oh I God. think yeah, yeah. Like, 
I mean, because already you see that people are signaling things all the time through policy and through speeches and and actions like that, or state action. And I'm just curious to see okay, how it'll... Okay, can we end on a high note? I know, this is very depressing. <laughs> I've been holding on to a little bit is that is the consolidation of more legitimate truth people who believe in more legitimate truth on the liberal side of things i think it's happening i think the fact that john Kasich spoke at the dnc some people might you know turn their nose up at that but i just like what does that mean to you we're curious i'm not necessarily saying that it bodes well for the future of progressive legislation what are you but saying? what i'm saying is that they're, it seems like it's gotten themselves. to a point where people are distancing themselves or it, they're having a harder time rationalizing that's what i was trying to say earlier like i really conservative House, belief, i mean there are people yeah. there are republicans who are like i i do not believe this, this is nuts i don't want to be on this ship and i'm going to attach it to biden leftists yeah. like you and i absolutely <laughs> Yeah, this is the, Lincoln, that, but... the Lincoln Project. This is their goal is to believe. Yeah. And, but their ultimate goal is to empower the right wing of the Democratic Party to reject the left and that's to reject. Right. Oh yeah, I, I mean, think there's going to be a new split, especially in foreign policy. Yeah. Oh yeah, for sure. I I don't think it's necessarily like this is the future. Like you know, like yes, we can with this group, but I do think there's something of like. Um, this resorting that's happening that is showing it's the people that are like okay this is bananas whatever that is is bananas it doesn't matter about tax code or whatever i i guess i'm just really close to that perspective and i know you know those issues like abortion death penalty like those conversations around that like christian democrats that's a thing (laughs) and so i just like that they're able to like stand up and say like trump is not trump is too far yes trump is too far because it used to be if it's a mitt romney or john mccain but to look, them it's an actual argument of who will i vote for but do you think but do you think there are enough people that's not a lot of people that, that's what i'm saying it's not a lot of tennessee no. that's what that's what brennison banked on he banked on a hundred thousand republicans voting in his favor and him beating marcia blackburn and he lost by double digits yeah, it's not an electoral strategy. I'm not saying that. I just mean, like, I mean, I don't have any answers about this or anything of, like, the future of politics and, like, the electorate. But to say, like, culturally, I mean, most people don't vote. Valid. Right? Yep. Most people don't vote. Yeah. And most people I am around don't vote at all. Okay. And maybe they'll be Republicans in four years, and we won't even talk about this. Yeah. But I do think there's something to it of, like, if you don't want to, like, totally erase all reason, if you went to a good high school or had a good high school experience, you wouldn't be, like, you're not going to be, like, QAnon. I mean, maybe that's, maybe I'm being I wrong. Mean, so, can, I, wrong. I, can I just jump in? The, yeah. Th- so, you know, QAnon, based on nothing, it was, it's fabricated, it's totally made up, just like the Iraq War. This idea that we're rehabilitating the Republican Party because now there's some fringe conspiracy that they feel uncomfortable around and they think Donald Trump is a buffoon uh, does not justify the body count in Iraq. These people are ghouls, they're warmongers, and do not deserve you know, the time or space that we give to them just because now that they're uncomfortable around 
you know, a bunch of people who think, you know, Hillary Clinton's wearing an ankle bracelet. Yeah. Um, yeah, I, I still think the goal. power, yeah. you know, oh, we're going to forgive people for the Iraq war because they don't believe a fringe conspiracy theory. Sorry, I'm, an, I'm yeah. not at that table. So do you think it's just voter apathy or, like, disinterest that they don't, like, that, you know, let's say, for example, Billy has the has the popularity that he has, like, the, you know, the polling. I just kind of think about that, like, most people are like, oh, it's a good guy. Yeah, I mean, I'm not saying just, he, I mean, he wasn't involved in politics, but the amount of people, John Kasich, too. But, like, like the amount of people that believe in QAnon in Tennessee probably outnumbers the amount of sensible Republicans that will vote for a Democrat in four years against Billy. I'm sorry. That's like, true. I'm sorry. Yeah, yeah. I just, especially I in rural areas, they're the, in this echo chamber and they hear everything, especially if you're in a cons- conspiratorial warp, you are not getting any external information that adds to your narrative. Isn't like, it at a is it about is it because Ugh. someone doesn't see a pathway to like thriving in their life that they want to believe in something like this? I believe that's that a, with that's my a machine against them. Yeah, I it's, believe that that's with my family members. My family members they're very religious. They are QAnon people. My external family, my, not my my direct parents, but mm-hmm. um, like they need something to believe in to make them feel better about themselves and like their reality and what they perceive is you know how life has been cruel to them, etc. So, Chris, anything... Closing words. Yeah. What do you? What would you like to add to my mom? Would you like to say anything to my mom? <laughs> no! Yeah. All right. Who else? Um, do you want to do any shout-outs? Let's see if there's anything really quick. Like, don't okay. believe this. Chris Coleman's take home. I was struck by lightning in 1993. <laughs> 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 yeah, I just want to say I was crushed by a helicopter and I was struck by lightning in 1996. And... This is how the rise of QAnon somehow feels in me. <laughs> like a helicopter crashing on me. We're getting struck by lightning. All right. Well, if people have questions, where can they find you? Uh, I'm at CC in East Nash on Twitter and other social media stuff. Great. And he's secretly cute. <laughs> <laughs> Insider. In next, next episode, two weeks later, we'll reveal who QAnon is. And then, like, all of a sudden, we have 300 people listening to this that believe in QAnon. Okay. Where we go when we go Yeah, on. we're going to use the hashtag because then we'll be brought up in Instagram. Yeah, Maybe this is the intervention that people listen to. Maybe we'll get hate mail. Is there something we can put on our pineapple decal to make it QAnon believable? Um, that pineapples have adrenochrome? <laughs> or that oh, we, have we have special, special adrenochrome pineapples? I had actually never heard that before. Interesting. Yeah. All right, honey. We'll see you in a little Thanks bit. Thanks for coming on. gratitude. It's gratitude. I'm super grateful. I'm pretty grateful. All right. Do you want to go or do you want me to go? You go. Okay. I'm on a yoga high and I would just, I would like to shout out my steadfast and true yoga instructor, Julian. I have attended this studio for almost three years. I skipped a year in between because of politics, which makes me really sad. But I returned today. I had one of the best yoga classes ever. And I I really just, I respect her wisdom and the intention that she brings to every class. And she really, really wants you to be, not just to, to be flexible and to enjoy yoga, 
but really learn from it. And I, mm-hmm. I really appreciate teachers and she is one of the best yoga instructors in the city. And I, I am incredibly grateful for her and my practice today. So I get overwhelmed talking about it. Mm-hmm. Yoga has taught me so much. And in this essay, I will. Okay. <laughs> You're so enlightened. <sighs> it's beautiful. Mm-hmm. Um, I am grateful for Alex and Montana. Oh, what happened? The first time I've I've uh, shouted them out on the podcast. They came over on Sunday. Oh. A redheaded stranger. Oh Anyone gosh. who knows our neighborhood knows that's where it's at. It's a new restaurant. It's it's like the it's a upscale Petros if you know what that is. You're not from Knoxville. I don't know okay, what Petros okay, is. Okay. But it's um it's same owner as Butcher and B, uh, but it's more like fast casual. Very cool. Great drinks. Um. Great food, green chili cheeseburger. If you eat meat, tater tot taco. If you don't, <laughs> thank you. Personal <laughs> recommendation. Personal menu. Yeah, but we ended up. It was one of those like friend hangs where you like start with lunch and, and then, then you're like, oh, end after two dinner. hours later, you're just oh, that's so yeah, fun. Yeah, no, we stayed together until after dinner because we were like so socially starved. <laughs> Amazing. Um, but very safe, far apart, mask, everything. Um, and also grateful for Alex because he's been doing lots of yard work and taking on a lot of projects like renting a lift to cut down trees which is kind of crazy but for anyone who has ever been quoted a price to cut a tree down in nashville you will know (laughs) that it's much cheaper to get them done yourself if you can if you can wow the lift and everything okay yeah it's like they're like thousands of dollars i'm gonna come over and you'll be wearing like flannel like your little lumberjack outfit i'm like anna (laughs) we had this one day where we took down four and I think yeah it was four and we were just hauling logs all day like throwing them like loading them in the truck like I was sore for days but we did that all day long until the sun went down returned all the equipment and ordered a huge pizza from Italia <sighs> in East another nice. food recommendation <laughs> and I do cook I know it sounds like I don't but I do cook I don't um we ordered a big extra large pepperoni jalapeno and some wings and <sighs> just Totally indulged. Six pack of beer. It was great. After such like a long day, and I'm such a uh, keyboard warrior (laughs) for my day job, so like I never do any. You know, I'm just literally typing all the time to the point where like my elbow hurts. You're gonna get carpal tunnel, and I like I survived this pandemic, and all I got was this lousy carpal tunnel. Seriously, between my phone, the remote. My laptop, my personal laptop, then my work laptop. Like, I seriously just, like, sit and type all day to the point where my wrist and elbow hurts. Anyway, so it was so great to, like, move my body and stuff. And I'm sure that's what you get out of yoga. God. Like, yeah. I have to have it. It White collar props. Well, and I was thinking about it today. Like, she, even if my yoga, I was thinking, like, does she vote? And and she does, but I know she's politically active. But, like, a gift she gives to me is giving me therapy so that I can be whole and complete and come and, and, you know, come come to the space prepared and excited and engaged and so i just and you do that for me too i was very excited for you to come over we miss you i think it's time for another drink okay yes (laughs) let's do it well griddles thanks so much uh we thank you for for traveling with us on the QAnon conspiracy yellow brick road uh once again we'll we'll try to provide some practical application um to to deal with these things, but I think it was it was helpful just to engage and to learn about it in general. Oh, I have I have one really quick. One last tip, practical application. 
if you follow or actually go look up little miss patriot on your instagram and see who you follow that follows her because that's apparently the one that's getting to like be like instagram influencers and stuff i that was a little tip i saw i think i saw it on reddit actually oh my god but you can go and you can actually go and see like who follows ivanka who follows donald trump jr who follows donald trump (gasps) yeah Oh my yeah. God! Three of three of the people I know follow this person. Yeah. Oh she's my God! Like, she's doing like she's like somewhat normal, but then she's like doing Q stuff like in her feed or whatever. Anyway, so you can unfollow her, but also look for oh like if you see the hashtag or something, go see who follows that person that you follow, <sighs> and you'll know. <laughs> oh Anna. Okay. All right. Don't, don't be fooled. <laughs> don't be fooled. All right. We'll see you next time. Bye. Bye. <laughs> Thank you to our Griddles and our family at the Tennessee Holler Podcast Network. Be sure to check out the other podcasters in the network who are doing the Lord's work in the state of Tennessee. Find the good stuff at www.tmholler.com and be sure to subscribe and support the Holler while you're there. Follow the Holler to keep up with what's going on here in the state at the TN Holler on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. And follow Grits at Grits Podcast. Keep it gritty! Bye!